you can't be distracted because every step matters, right? And and in real life, we don't we do not realize that every step matters. Instead, we just think, you know what? Let it be. Maybe some other time. But when when you're climbing, there's no let it be or I'll just come back or. No, you really need to be careful on the mountain because if you just step somewhere else, you can die. Tima Darian is the first Lebanese woman to have climbed Mount Everest. I first heard of Tima when she was a contestant on The Astronauts, a reality show on Dubai One TV. She competed against 11 other contestants from the Arab world to win, among other things, a letter of recommendation to get into a real accredited space program. It turns out that being an astronaut requires some of the same mental and physical abilities as mountain climbing. I'm Nadia Michel, and this is TMR Thrill Seekers. It really teaches me um, the practice on how to stay in the moment, to be present fully. Uh, and as a woman, climbing to me is uh, very special because I really believe it brings the best out of my physical strength. Uh, after I climbed my first mountain, I was really shocked with how much my body can handle and do on altitude. And I really felt like it was made for climbing. So every time I get on a mountain, um, there's this alter ego in me. So really, I would sum it up in two main things. You learn a lot about yourself and um, you are present. I always remind myself, if I was on the mountain right now, wouldn't I be more patient? Wouldn't I be observant rather than just wanting to finish things? And so it's definitely always a great reminder. Uh, But another thing is resilience. um, So no matter what happens, no matter what obstacle gets along the way, any failure, uh, I get back way faster than before. Uh, and I really believe the more I climb, the more resilient I become. In 2016, Tima was working for a financial company in Dubai. One day, the company brought in a guest speaker who shared his story about climbing Mount Everest. Tima was already a licensed skydiver and advanced scuba diver. That day, she decided she also wanted to climb Mount Everest. Less than one year after that day at work, Tima climbed her first mountain, Mount Elbrus, the highest peak in Russia and Europe. Since then, she's climbed 19 mountains, including Mount Everest, in 2019 when she was 26 years old. But that climb, like many things in life, didn't go exactly as planned. So I have a history of pneumonia and um, I got bronchitis when I was on Everest, when I was on base camp and my cough was horrible and I would cough blood sometimes um, and I could barely breathe when I'm coughing and everything hurts. So on base camp, I was at 5,360 meters and I was living there. Like my house, my home was a tent. Um so I, there's a, there's like a medical tent on base camp. So I went, I visited them and they like they, they did the checkups and everything. And they said, I need to like leave the mountain for me to recover because it's just going to get worse. And on altitude, things only get worse if they're bad. So I said, OK, it's my decision and it's my life. Um, I will calculate my risk 
and I will do what I think is right. At the end of the day, I promised my family to not get myself killed. So I went back down to 4,000 meters um, and I said, I'm going to start taking antibiotics. I'm going to take all the medication needed and I'm going to try to eat as much as I can because one of the key to climb on altitude is eating, which is really nice. So 10 days at 4,000 meter, I did everything I have to both physically and mentally for me to get back. And I did get back. Uh, I hiked back up to base camp and uh, things went according to my plan and I continued my climb. The top portion of a mountain or roughly everything above 8,000 meters is known as the death zone. Oxygen levels there are only at a third of what they are at sea level and the barometric pressure causes weight to feel 10 times heavier. These two factors make climbers feel sluggish, disoriented and fatigued and can cause extreme distress to the organs. Not everyone makes it back. There have been at least 300 climbing deaths on Everest since 1953, when climbers scaled the summit for the first time. Because of the harsh conditions, it's not unusual to leave the dead where they died. Those corpses remain to spend eternity on the mountaintop, serving as a warning to other climbers, as well as gruesome mile markers. It's believed there are at least 200 bodies left on Everest. Thankfully, Tima made it back. Her latest goal is the Grand Slam, a challenge to climb the highest mountain on every continent and to ski the North and South Pole. Only 71 people have ever completed the Grand Slam and only 15 of those are women. Tima has already climbed six out of the seven highest summits required for a Grand Slam title, which means she only has one left, Mount Vincent in Antarctica. Other than the six highest peaks in the world, Tima's list of climbs includes the highest volcano in the world, which is also the highest peak in Chile. Ojos del Salado is a dormant volcano in the Andes on the Argentina-Chile border. Uh, when we say volcano, people think there's an eruption or something can happen. Uh, but I mean, high up there on those mountains, yes, those volcanoes can erupt, uh, but the possibilities and chances are extremely low. Honestly, with Ojos del Salado, it was snowing, so I didn't see the ash pit uh, in the volcano. So when you make it to the top, on the other side, you'd, you'd see the volcano. So it's not what we usually see, just uh, an elevated mountain with um, a hole in the middle and there's a volcano. So there's an ash pit and in the ash pit, you can see a little bit of smoke and dust coming out uh, and it smells like uh, something burning. So in 2017, I tried to attempt Aconcagua, which is one of the seven summits. It's the highest mountain in South America. And I failed. I couldn't make it. Once After 18 days of climbing, uh, I made it to 6,400 meters. I had about 400 meters more to go, but my body completely failed. Uh, everything in the world was telling me to go back down. I kept on pushing as much as I can. Um, and then... Uh, I had a crown tooth uh, and and it just came up from the pressure. It was the pressure up there in Aconcagua is very extreme. And when that happened, I'm like, I think that's the sign. I'm just going to turn back. Uh, so turning back was really hard. It, it was harder than climbing the mountain because going to the other side of the world, training for the mountain for a few months, I mean, and climbing it, putting the effort into being there was heartbreaking. And 
and I really wanted to summit. So I came back down, but I kept a positive attitude towards it. And I said, you know what? I will come back next year uh, when the season is, is there and I will climb it. So I came back in 2018 and I said, look, if I summit this time, my treat is going to be summiting the second highest mountain. And it turned out to be Ojusta Salado, the highest active volcano. So I did summit in 2019 and it was a very beautiful feeling, especially after standing at the same spot where I said, I'm going to turn back. This time I decided to move and continue taking that one step at a time to the summit, to the top. And it was a great achievement and it was a different kind of achievement. Uh, so when I came back down, uh, I went and did this. Uh, my, I did my laundry. I fixed my stuff. Next morning, I took a flight to Chile. From Chile, I rented a car. And from there, we drove into the Atacama Desert to get to Ojos del Salado. And by then, we were already acclimatized. So it was me and two of my friends. And uh, we knew we can just go on altitude a little bit faster now. We do not have to acclimatize. And yeah, we ended up summiting Ojos del Salado instead of just exploring. Tima has demonstrated incredible mental and physical strength. And that made her the ideal candidate for The Astronauts, a reality TV show that aired in Dubai in 2021. So the show has 12 contestants of different people from the Arab world. We were three girls and nine men. The challenges uh, started from like swimming from an island to an island, jumping from a helicopter, turning off fire on, uh, on a plane and rescuing the people from the plane. Um, there was a dunker where it was a flip of 180 degrees underwater. You do a lot of things with your eyes closed to check your orientation. Um, it's a really cool show. And there's a lot of learning for the viewer who's seeing because you really understand how do astronauts train to go to space. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, I did make it to the finals. Uh, and the judges, I don't know if you know Scott Kelly. So Scott Kelly is uh, the man who's the astronaut who stayed in space for the longest time, for almost a year. Um, so he was one of the judges. There was a neurologist and um, presenter from the Mohammed bin Rashid Space Center in the UAE. So those were the three judges. And uh, it was beautiful to hear feedback from Scott Kelly, to be honest, given that a man who did spacewalks, went on missions to space, coming in and talking about my personality and my strength. And by the end of the competition, I made it to the finals. And uh, it was me, the Jordanian guy, and an Emirati guy. And the competition was very intense, but unfortunately, um, they couldn't choose me. With the show, if you win, you get to win $100,000 in prize and a recommendation letter from Scott Kelly uh, for you to apply to a space program and see if you can go to space. But even though I did not get that um, recommendation, like the recommendation letter was really important to me because I really do want to go to space one day. But I will still find a way. I mean, I'm in contact with Scott Kelly now and um, he's very well aware of my physical strength and mental strength. And um, that gives me a confidence boost, let's say, for me to actually go on and apply for a space program. But yeah, I, I won what I really wanted, which is my voice. I was able to present 
the Lebanese woman or let's say the Arab woman, the strength and the tolerance of a woman in that show. And I was constantly breaking gender roles and stereotypes by my reaction, by my leadership and by my persistence. Besides climbing mountains and practicing to be an astronaut, Tima is an outspoken advocate for gender equality in the Middle East, a region that's ripe for change. That's why she recently launched a brand called Feministia, or Feminist in Arabic. It really started when um, when the beginning of COVID hit. Uh, so it was the trend with the masks and everybody was putting on those masks with different messages on them. And everybody would start a conversation like, what does your mask say or something like that? And I'm like, you know what? I want people to ask about feminists. I mean, this concept is misused sometimes or misinterpreted or, or people just assume it's something that it's not. And it agitates me because I really believe Feminism is all about equality, equity, and the growth of a whole nation together. Uh, it's not just woman empowerment. It's empowering a society. And I wanted to explain that message. And I'm like, you know what? This can be a conversation starter, and we can just change the world like that. And I started with the masks, and it's, it's, it got sold really fast, and I was very happy. And both men and women were buying the product. So I said, maybe I should start this, this message through um, different uh, product guidelines, like a T-shirt or a kimono. And then instead of just having the word feminist, I wanted to describe what a woman is in Arabic because it started in Lebanon and it's starting in the Middle East. And I'm trying to spread that awareness starting from the Middle East. Tima launched her brand in Lebanon a country that has served as a hub for fashion and design in the Middle East, but also a country where a feminist brand could really be impactful. The country has lagged behind in terms of gender equality. Laws, fair or not, are made by the government. And as a reference, in the last election in 2018, only six women were elected as members of Lebanon's parliament, out of a total of 128. Things are changing but very slowly. I, I was living in the UAE for 23 years. I only moved to, the, uh, I only moved to Lebanon uh, after the blast to be on ground to support NGOs and support people because I'm a freelancer and I own my time. But coming to Lebanon has been extremely frustrating and it's very different for me. In the UAE, I really felt like I have my rights as a woman. When I walk into any place, I get the same exact respect as a man. And there was no conversation of gender roles. Maybe some small parts of the UAE-specific societies would definitely judge you, but we can't change the whole world. You'll always have the, like those kind of people, which is fine. But I mean, on a... On a on a major, on a bigger level, no, I wouldn't feel that. But when you come to Lebanon, women are liberated in a different way. But if you look at, um, let's take the um, our ministry in Lebanon. Look at any photo; it's full of men. The table is only full of, uh, only men. There's no balance to the situation. There's no balance to decision making. Women are not in big positions or proper roles or in proper decision making roles. And look at the result of the country. The country is in a very bad situation. Not because there is no woman, because there's no balance in decision-making. You're making decisions based on one-sided, biased uh, uh, opinion. So I've been looking for suppliers in Lebanon, and it's very difficult to find. 
And most of the suppliers turned out to be men. Uh, I started stitching with women, but for my embroidery, I needed the machine. So I needed the factory. And every factory, I had to deal with men. I've, I've been to like four different factories so far. And when they look at the word in Arabic, they look at it and like, what does it say? I say feminist. Some surprisingly know the word. They've heard of the word, uh, the word and they would say, what is this feminist? I've heard it isn't something about the woman. If into woman, you do you need rights. You you are eating our rights. Into you all need a slap a bar, with a slipper. This is the kind of words I hear, yeah. And I look at him, and sometimes I'm so furious, I want to kill him. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, you know what? Like you can never deliver your message when you're angry. So hang in there. And then. As I start doing business with them, I start explaining what the concept is, what it means, and how it brings right to both men and women, how it educates women, how it brings a better generation, how it calls out for equity, how we do understand we're not equal when it comes to genetics, but we deserve equal respect, and so on. Like The conver- conversations continue because embroidery takes forever. And this is part of creating that change. And I tell them, you have to make a promise since you work on the brand. If you see somebody who doesn't understand the concept, you have to explain the concept. And it, ke- it keeps on happening. A lot of the pushback Tima gets comes from common misconceptions about what the word feminism really means and what its purpose is. So feminism is when a woman comes and wants her freedom, but she wants to step over a man. Feminism is putting men down and putting women up. Uh, who does she think herself? She doesn't belong here. Let her know her uh, her limitations. It's all about putting women in a box and making the woman understand that she belongs to, to, to a specific kind of job or to a specific sort of situation. And that's not okay. Uh, we're trying to change that. It You do see changes in, in more developed communities and with the new generation. But there are people who are in charge who still view women as, um, I don't want to use the wrong words, who still view women as just a, it's not even complimentary. Like they want to set boundaries. And sadly enough, it's not just men, it's, it's, it's women too. So the old generation do embed those hypothetical boundaries in the new generation building more resistance towards what feminism truly is. And and feminism comes in to break all this. And really, it, it's all about equality and equity and teaching women about their rights and teaching men about what rights is, teaching boys about consent, teaching girls about believing in themselves and trying to just change the body image kind of thing that's been spreading around recently, trying to ruin the young girl's uh, thoughts and way of life. In order to convey her message to that part of the population that doesn't really connect with the Western idea of feminism, Tima presented her concept in Arabic. Those words started describing what a woman is. For example, the kimono has um, around 20 words that describes a woman in Arabic, such as Kawiya, strong, Jamila, beautiful, uh, Zakiya, smart, uh, Tamuha, ambitious, and so on. Tima's also targeting a whole new market segment, who kind of serve as cheerleaders for the movement. I really believe I want to create more uh, products for men as well, because I realize there is a lot of uh, boys and men out there who would like to represent feminism as well. 
So uh, one of them is my brother. He's he's uh, he's just 15, but uh, he goes around and talks about feminism because he really understands it, and it's all about respecting women, and he respects his uh, female friends and and talks about feminism to his male friends. But um, but I've seen like millennials wearing my my product, Generation Z wearing my product. I haven't seen a baby boomer representing feminists because. Um, they they don't like they do not like associating themselves with it. I get made fun of. They call me oh yeah the feminist. Besides ideological barriers, Tima has to grow her business in the midst of a political and economic crisis. Lebanon has a population of roughly six million people, but it's one of the smallest countries in the world. Tucked between Syria to the north and Israel to the south, it's long been a hotbed for political strife. Since 2019, the currency there has lost almost all of its value, and basic services like electricity and water are hard to come by. People really need jobs, so this initiative could go beyond simply spreading the word about the benefits of gender equality. It's been a success, uh, but I had my setbacks because producing in Lebanon isn't something easy given the electricity and the economical situation. But I've been, again, dealing with it uh, as an obstacle and overcoming multiple obstacles and finding ways. And I really want to start it in Lebanon because I believe it can create a lot of job opportunities for other women. So I'm looking for marginalized women who takes courses about stitching and learn how to stitch And then they start stitching for feminists. And this is how it started with an initiative called uh, Stitching Hope. They stitch my products. They make some money because financial independency is very important when it comes to women empowerment. This is the first step into women empowerment, really. When we speak about male, female, we all have both energies within us. I have both male and female energy, and so so do you. And once that both, when, once both energies are balanced, beautiful things happen. This is when you're aligned. This is when you're able to focus. You're able, there's male character and there's female character. If you look up what male character is and what a female character is, is, is two things that needs to be joined together for you to really give the best outcome and results you have. And this is why we need 50% men, 50% women in, in jobs and workplaces in anything we do, because we bring balance in decision-making. You can't just have testosterone all the time making decisions. You need some estrogen. Check out Tima on Instagram at Mountain Gypsy. That's also where you'll find a link to her GoFundMe page, where you can show your support and help her raise funds for that last peak she needs to climb to complete the Grand Slam. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like it and follow us on whatever platform you're listening on. You can find me on Instagram at Nadia Michelle underscore. See you soon.